Greetings, and welcome to episode 25 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, and the Game Boy Advance. And I eat gummy bears like a noob. Enjoy the stinger montage. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time once again for a console retrospective. Today, it's the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chomp the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing. Yeah, it's uh, getting to a late start tonight, but... A little bit, yeah. It's already 1045. Yeah. Kind of story of our lives, right? God, don't fuck me. Something like that, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. Very happily. Yeah. I will happily not fuck you. Yeah, fair enough. So, you know what day it is? Monday? Correct. But it's also the one-year anniversary of when our podcast went live. What? Yep, it is That's true. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. So a year of, especially considering, I don't think we either either of us expected it to, to go on this long. No, honestly. Well, I I did expect at least staying power for this long, but I didn't expect us to be able to talk about shit for this long. Yeah, much as I love talking, but I yes. guess the gaming industry giveth instead of taketh away this time. <laughs> Something like that, right? Yeah. So we've had enough. Apparently, we've had a year's worth of stuff to bitch about. Is basically what this kind of comes down to. Oh, we've got more. We've got plenty more. Oh yeah. All right. I mean, as long as uh, as long as Star Citizens around, we'll have plenty of shit to bitch about. <laughs> or at least one shit to bitch about. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot to bitch about with a fucking shithole. Nice. All right. So happy birthday, podcast! Yay! Yeah. Happy birthday, podcast! Bam, 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 bam. All right. Yeah. What do we got? What have you been playing? I've uh, mostly been playing. I don't know. It's been kind of a weird toss up. I've been playing some League of Legends and I've been playing some very little banner saga because we need to record our next game corner episodes. <laughs> Honestly, dude, you can finish that in about 12 to 14 hours. It's pretty short for yeah, a, yeah, an RPG. Yeah. It's, it's fairly short. I think you'll mm-hmm. finish it pretty quick. Hopefully, hopefully. So that's that's basically what I've been playing lately. Hasn't been anything special. I had some random Pokemon Go stuff when I can. Nice. Have you caught a Ditto yet? No, I have not, which is kind of obnoxious, but Yeah. How many Spearows have you caught trying to catch a Ditto? Uh well I'd normally catch those anyway, just to like Just for the candy. I Spearow farming, yeah. Yeah, throw them throw them in the uh throw them in the meat grinder for the candy. Well not even for the candy, just you catch a bunch of Pidgeys and then, you know, they cost 12 each to level and you get 500 experience for each one that you evolve. And then if you throw a lucky egg on, you're getting a thousand each. And when you evolve 50 of them, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You have a tendency to gain a level almost sometimes, depending. Fair enough. I played it for about two weeks and then I was done. Yeah. I, I still enjoy it. It's fun. That's fair. What have you been playing? Darkest Dungeon has been pretty fun. I uh, picked that up on on the autumn sale uh, for Steam. It was fifteen bucks, which I think is about a good price point for it. It's normally twenty five, 
which seems a little high to me for the amount of mm-hmm. game that you get. It's a, a dungeon crawling ro- roguelike with a party-based system. It, yeah. Really interesting, really fun gimmick, especially when you factor in that you're building a base as well. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Sounds like it. I, I feel like if it goes on sale again, I, I would highly recommend picking it up. It might be a Game Corner episode sometime soon. Yeah, sounds fun. And Overwatch. A lot of Overwatch. I've heard nothing but good things about Overwatch. I don't think I have heard a single person complain about Overwatch other than just like, I, that dude pwned my ass and I hate yeah. Roadblock and <laughs> I, uh, Roadhog. The, I think that at first I did because everyone was fucking talking about it and I got sick of hearing about it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of late adopting of it. It's been out for I don't know how long, probably almost a year now. And I picked it up for the during the sale. No? Picked the during the sale for like yeah, no, it, 35 it has, bucks. It hasn't been out for a year. It came out this past, this year. Like it's less than six months old, I think. Yeah, fair. It just feels like it's been out forever. Yeah. People have been. <laughs> Won't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. I will say that I had my, the best game that I've had so far on the game as uh, Diva. Uh, and if you're not familiar, she has the ability, her ultimate ability is to self destruct, which if combined with her thrusters, which is her, her shift key ability, uh, you can basically throw a mobile, mobile giant bomb at your opponents. And I ended up detonating that five different times, ki- racking up 12 kills, a grand total of 34 kills, and I think just over 10,000 damage did. It was a, a very, very good game for me. Yeah, so Overwatch came out May 24th of 2016. No, so hmm, nine months old. close. Yeah, a little under nine months. All right, so we got a bunch of freaking news to get to so let's get let's carve through that before we get to our main topic yeah so the first one is kind of shitty it's shitty news we'll start with the shitty news and get to the good news fair enough so the shitty news is uh a game that we have mentioned multiple times on the show or at least game i have mentioned multiple times on the show as a great game that you should go and check out because it's a fucking awesome roguelike game doom the roguelike got a cease and desist order from zenimax because it's using the uh you know it uses sound effects and stuff from Doom. Yeah. And, music from and they Doom. own the Doom license, of course. Yep, and they own the Doom license. So they're defending their copyright or whatever, trademark shit. But this is a weird thing to come out of nowhere because this game has been in the wild for 15 years. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and, and I think it's because of... I, I believe you mentioned that they were kickstarting yes. a successor soon. So there is a game that is currently on Kickstarter, and at the time of this recording, there are seven days left in the thing, and it's called Jupiter Hell, and it is a 3D roguelike that is a spiritual successor to Doom the Roguelike. It's like the it is the team that made Doom the Roguelike. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the Kickstarter page and they've edited the Kickstarter page and instead of saying Doom the Roguelike, it says D star star M the Roguelike. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, that's good. But but yeah, it looks like you're on a cease and desist. Yeah, it, the entire thing looks like them just throwing a hissy fit because these guys are using publicity from this 15-year-old game that they've been working on to fund a new game. Mm-hmm. And like their new game looks really fucking sweet. And sure. it has nothing to do with Doom. Like there's no, nothing, of course not. It just uses a lot of the same well, a lot of the same mechanics basically, okay. except it's 3D instead of 2D with sprites. Apparently they did another game which I didn't know about that was Aliens the Roguelike which could actually be really cool, like knowing how good Doom the Roguelike is. But one of the really funny things is you can actually play the entire Jupiter Hell game in ASCII if you want to, because 
it is a roguelike like it is literally a rogue game no i get that my brain's trying to wrap itself around a first person ascii concept and it's not having a good time of it the game's not first person it's third person tactical it is like a rogue style game i thought you just said jupiter ascending was first person nope it's a roguelike i'm 60 if i anyway if i if i said that I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. I will say that there is one that is first person and roguelike, but we can get that to that later. Anyway, yeah, that is is that are they taking out Jupiter or whatever the hell it is, Jupiter Ascending? Or it's, no, it's still it is still ongoing. It still has seven days to go. So okay, well, I hope they get to finish it. Me too. They they're looks like about two thirds of the way there, and. They have crossed a plateau in the world of Kickstarter, which usually if you get make it to 50%, you are like more than 80% likely to successfully fund. Like nice. it's a really, really weird stat, but like any funding that crosses the 50% threshold has a tendency to fund. Like it is more likely to fund than not fund. Nice. And and they, they've surpassed that. And I'm probably actually going to make a pledge for it because I really like Doom the Roguelike and I have a habit of pledging for things on Kickstarter and sure. I can I can throw 12 euro at them. Yeah, why not? Basically. Now, we've got some better news next yes. up. And there's lots of it. This, yeah. is, this is where things went crazy. Like the yeah. past couple of days, the entire gaming universe exploded in like a whole bunch of random game and demo announcements. Well, I meant specifically the one that is going to force me to finally buy a PS4, and that's the Crash Bandicoot remaster. Yes. I loved those games when I was younger and played the shit out of them on, on my original PlayStation. And now I need a PS fucking 4. God damn you. Wah, wah. So what do you, what do you have now? Do you have an X-Bone? I have an Xbox One and uh, a... If you want to go with both current gen consoles, I have an Xbox One and a Wii U that I bought for 100 freaking bucks because the dude is like, I don't want this anymore. You want it? I'm like okay and he gave me an entire skylander set with it for 100 bucks that's ridiculous that's a lot of fucking money yeah because the sky skylander set's probably worth more than the wii u <laughs> yeah without question and i still haven't really messed around with it yet you're crazy i've been playing wind waker okay that, that's fair yeah and and also with the ps4 thing that i'm pretty excited about last of us 2 I get to die to more clickers. That's lovely. Yep. Everyone is pretty freaking excited about this. I'm sure. Everyone has been like a lot of the news sites are like, oh my god, they're they're going ape shit, I'm sure. Well, first it was, oh my god, they're gonna announce Last of Us 2. Oh my god, they're gonna announce it. They're gonna they're really gonna do it. And then they did it and they're like, Oh my god, they did it. And it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, that that that's what happens when they announce something. Yeah, that sure is a thing that happened just now. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I just the the boner inducing fever pitch that's happened is <laughs> kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. And speaking of weird announcements, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, Piranha Games just announced. I think today it was either today or yesterday that they're going to be working on Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries. All right, and it's. And it's the first single-player MechWarrior game that has been released in 15 years, and it's coming out in 2018 for PC. Okay, I'm in. Oh, I'll play it. I'm they, play, I played like MechWarrior 1. And they swear to their player base that it's not going to impact the way MechWarrior Online is being run. <laughs> Which is shoddily, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. We've, we've discussed some of their 
shady issue before. Ooh, I like this one. Surgeon Simulator ER is out, uh, quote unquote, this week. Yes, I'm, I'm it is interested. I like Surgeon Simulator 2015. Yeah, so you may not be able to play this. Yeah, yet. Until you get your PS4 and your PS4 VR. I don't know if I'm going to go with the VR. We'll see. I mean, there's tons of games coming out for it. Yeah. So, so it's called Surgeon Simulator ER. It st- stands for like Emergent Reality. Okay. And it is a VR version of Surgeon Simulator. So you, if for the play, it's out now for the PlayStation VR apparently. And you, so you use the little controller, none, you know, the the yeah. dildo sex toy remotes for the PlayStation. And so you look around and you're actually performing the surgery with the little wireless controllers. And then they're also porting it to the HTC Vive and the Oculus Touch within the next week or so. Like like basically before the end of this week. Yeah. So it the idea is that instead of having, you know, your weird mouse and keyboard or in some cases like your you know what Nintendo DS stylus to, to try and perform surgery with, you're gonna use these weird hand controllers which from what i've heard of the stuff for from oculus and htc like it sounds like this is a very very perfect game to come out for these right now because some people have been i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you for a second have you seen the demos of a person trying to load a fucking gun with these controllers and failing so miserably no i have not but i it's amazing show notes nice but yeah so, so that's kind of interesting that that's the first quasi-major game that I've heard that co- that has come out for all of the current VR f- platforms that are basically, you know, plunging around out there. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it does and see if anyone plays it. I would love to see PewDiePie play it, kind of, because I, he's. I just want to see him take the piss out of it a little bit. But I don't know if he's done Surgeon Simulator before, but he needs more VR content because he does some really stupid stuff with vr which is kind of funny i mean it, it is pewdiepie he does yeah. really stupid stuff period so basically <laughs> that's not a knock against him i no. don't have anything and, against the guy but he just does stupid shit just for yeah. funsies and he and he has said that he you know very much says it himself all right um, so something you would be interested in and i know some of our some of our listeners like drew and bailey from hops and heroes would be interested in this the resident evil 7 demo is coming soon it is out right now on the PS4 as of today. Mm-hmm. And then on December 19th, there's actually going to be a PC demo of Resident Evil 7. I'm interested. Well, what the hell? I'm interested. Yeah, no kidding. But what the hell? I don't know, man. I, the, from what I, what we saw from the footage during the uh, PlayStation E3, that was, that was great. It looked amazing, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been yeah, excited but- for a Resident Evil game since the original fucking Resident Evil. I didn't know Resident Evil came out on PC since the original Resident Evil. There's there's tons, honestly. Resident Evil 1 through 6 are all on PC, actually. I know. I'm just being funny. Like, it, well, the, it's not and it known first, they're all to be re-releases. PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it's just, not known to be a PC franchise. Yeah. And that's why it's like, holy crap, you're actually, before the game comes out, you're having a PC demo of the thing? Like, that's... And it's probably because it is doing the VR thing... I mean, and there's plenty more VR stuff for PC than there will be for PlayStation, if we're being yeah. 100% honest. However, I see the next one is something that I'm very interested in that you that you turned up. I want to hear yeah. about this. Tell me. Okay. 
So it is currently December 5th. Yes. For another hour and one minute. Yes. Yesterday was December 4th. And yesterday, news leaked out that during the 2016 Capcom Cup, which was apparently covered on ESPN2, and who the fuck knew ESPN2 covered Street Fighter tournaments? <laughs> like, where the fuck did that come from? I don't know. Not anyway, me. So they, they were going to show the first extended gameplay trailer of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, which is the next installment in the Marvel versus Capcom franchise that will be, quote, available worldwide next year. Late next year. Late next year. Nice. Nice. I'm I'm definitely interested in that because Marvelous Capcom 2 is was my jam for fighting games. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see whether it will use like the the 3D Street Fighter 5 or whatever engine or if it's gonna Probably. it's gonna use the 2D art thing. Cause I don't know if they'll I don't pay attention too much to Marvel versus Capcom because I'm not a huge fighting game person, but That's I know fair. I know lots of people do. So I don't know if the last one used it or not. Couldn't or if the me. last one was yeah, you let us know. Let us know. Which one did it use? Someone fix us. <laughs> just tweet, you know, email, post on Facebook. Just do something. Let us know. Say hi. We like you. You like us? Don't make it weird. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to pass you a note that's saying, do you, yes. do you like me? With a, with checkbox, a, with yes or no. Yeah. I went up. I'm going to post a poll on Facebook. It's apparently now middle school. Yeah, All right, let's yeah. get to the topic. All right. Yes. It's topic time. Yes, it's time for Game Boy. Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. All right. So every one of our normal kind of categories we're going to hit, we're going to do two different ones because basically the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, like even though there were some games that were Game Boy Color only, it was it's considered the same generation of hardware in Nintendo's eyes, apparently, like any anywhere you look, try and look up information on it. It lists them all together. Like, if you look at the sales charts for the best-selling Game Boy Color game, it will just direct you to the Game Boy stuff. Like, they're functionally the same, so we're just going to consider those the same, and then we'll pop the Game Boy Advance stuff out separate because it is the next generation of stuff. Because the Game Boy Advance is kind of badass. And without further ado, what's your favorite game or series of games on the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color? This one's tough for me because I don't like looking back. I had a really hard time thinking of any game that I played that I really liked all that much. This was a weird system for me because I played the crap out of it. Like, mm-hmm. cause I was a, I was a little kid at the time and sure know, me too. play the shit out of it. Would yeah. Go, go through like $400 worth of batteries in a month. At least the ones that really stood out to me were like the Mario games and the Kirby games. So I'm probably going to have to go with like kind of the first Kirby game because it was just, I don't know, it was just this neat, weird little platformer thing. Yeah, Kirby's and, Dreamland was great. And usually when you, like a lot of consoles, like they're tried to do a flagship platformer to compete with Mario and you had shit like Bonk's Adventure, which was pretty terrible and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's like someone finally did it right. Like they made a unique platformer with a cool little weird love mechanic. Shit. Yeah, like I don't know. Just just cool little mechanics and a cool little platformer yeah. that felt really different and 
actually still really good. Yeah, that was really different and terrible. It was it was great controls. It, it handled well. It, it good graphics on the Game Boy. It just was a fun little platformer. So how about you? What was your favorite game and or series of games for the original Game Boy? You know, I have it in there as Metroid 2, but I'm going to swap that out for The Legend of Zelda. The the three games that appeared on the Game Boy are amazing. Link's Awakening, The Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons. All three of those games were fucking fantastic. The problem is that I didn't play those when I was a kid. The only one that I did play when I was a kid was Metroid 2. And that's the thing, is I don't think that matters. Like, I don't think we should just look at it as the shit I played as a kid. It should be any... Anytime you like, if you've gone back and played them and you liked them, and that's yeah, your yeah. favorite game or series of games on that system, Definitely. that's what that's what's important. So, like, I'm totally for that, but I don't find myself going back and playing Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. I more so find myself going back and playing Game Boy Advance games if I'm going to go back for a True. handheld console. And we can kind of go into like our favorite Game Boy Advance games, and mine is kind of a tie uh one of them is kind of cheating <laughs> we 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 should all expect the sort of mana to go right here this which sure. is a remake of final fantasy adventure for that was for the original game boy and it was very very late in the cycle of game boy advance and i didn't play it until much much later but for game boy advance games probably the best game that i played on there was a very unique RPG and mm-hmm. kind of took all of the really cool stuff from JRPGs and made them just a little different. And that was Golden Sun. I don't think we're we're in agreement on this because I, I chose Golden Sun as well because I couldn't think of anything else that would that really grabbed me. I mean Shining Force did, but that was also a Sega game. And that was also mentioned in our Sega cast. But yeah, Shining Force was on there and still a great port, but Golden Sun was the best original Game Boy Advance game, I think, at least for me. Yeah. Metroid Fusion's up there, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yep, yep. So what let's go back to the Game Boy. And what really cool, notable games do you think people should check out if they're gonna go back and take a look at the Game Boy catalog and maybe play a couple? Uh, do we want to tick off a list or do we want to talk about each one individually? Yeah, let's talk about each one individually. All right. Uh, Metroid 2 is obvious because it took everything about the original Metroid formula and improved it. It didn't do anything super spectacular. It just had Samus revisit everything that she has done. It was mm-hmm. a good game. It was just solid. It was well done. It didn't do anything super original. It didn't do anything super innovative. The only thing it did was... Um, actually, I don't think it did anything different from the original, the original Metroid. I think it was just a, a direct sequel and it just did the same things right and did them well. Nice. It was an addition to the story that didn't feel like a tacked on addition to the story. Right. Right. So I'll go with something that I don't think you can, (laughs) it's actually possible to avoid if you own a Game Boy, which is Tetris. There's a reason it is literally one of the best selling video games of any console ever. And it's not just the fact that it comes with the Game Boy. It was a damn good game. It was a damn good game. Yeah. Because you you bought that like, shit on the original Nintendo too. Yeah, like so funny kind of weird tangent is my mom actually kept one of our Game Boys around for years, and like I think up to about maybe like eight or nine years ago, she still would sit and randomly play Tetris at the kitchen table just while she was bored at night. Like so, she kept batteries around and kept this functioning 
old school giant gray Game Boy just to play Tetris on. Nice. Because I remember she, she liked the game that much. It was just it, it was had such great appeal and it was such a simple, great puzzle game. It is you know, there's a reason it's in like the Toy Hall of Fame because it is a fantastically made game and it is a crime that the guy who designed it did not make a fortune off of it because he deserves it. I wanna throw something in here that not only is there a a Game Boy in the Nintendo World Store in the New York uh, in New York City, uh-huh. it is one that has survived a barracks bombing during the Gulf War, and is still functioning, and is still playing Tetris. So when you mentioned Tetris, I wanted to bring this up because how freaking amazing is the fact that a Game Boy has survived a bomb a barracks bombing during the Gulf War? It is crazy. it is one of the most durable systems. Plus, still playing Tetris. So I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Nice. All right. Next one on our list is, I mean, we got to go with the obvious, Pokemon Red Blue. So you put Blue. I put Blue specifically because that's the one I owned as a kid. But Pokemon Red and Blue are interchangeable because it's the same story, just with different types of Pokemon. Which, that is one of the ones that's actually available to download for the 3DS and the 2DS. But I believe they actually go by the Japanese titles. So the one... In, so it's green and red in the Japanese ones, I think. Well, um, or is that- em- em- emerald green and fire red are the are a next generation up. Right. No, but the they changed the color of of blue in the U.S. Like it was green in Japan. It was green and red, and then it was huh. blue and red in the U.S. I did not know that for for no reason. Like it's just I don't know if they just thought blue was a better color for Americans. Like red, white, Japanese blue. I guess who knows. But yeah, so it's, I'm pretty sure it's available on the, uh, I saw it in the 2DS store, the DS store that was, uh, but it's, it's called green in there, but it is, it's hard to miss. It's a, the freaking Game Boy game. Yeah. It's the freaking <laughs> it's Pokemon, Pokemon Game Boy. Basically. And then you have Castlevania Adventure. Yeah, it is Castlevania in Game Boy. It is, it's basically like one of the three Castlevanias for the NES and on your Game Boy. It's, uh, you're playing as, I believe, Christopher Belmont. A fun game uh very it, it's it's it doesn't do anything original it doesn't do anything special it's just a fun castlevania game you really can't go wrong with that yeah it All seemed right. like they uh metroidvania games shined pretty good on the uh oh, game boy the, in the were, yeah because i mean it's it is a platformer kind of world in that system so yep yep the the only things that that didn't translate well to the 3D universe were the Castlevania games. Unfortunately, they continue to thrive, however, on the handheld systems and have since the Castlevania Adventure. A, I yeah. can't think of a system that they did not come out on that was a handheld. Yeah. So we have a slightly longer list for the uh, Game Boy Advance because I think it had much better quality games. So when you say slightly, it's almost double. It's way more than double. It's almost triple. Yeah. It's at least yeah, triple. You know. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> my favorite for one of my favorites for Game Boy Advance was definitely Advance Wars. Yes. Very, Lots of fun. Very fun game. Like it's it's also hard to kind of explain what it is because it's kind of like a tactical combat game where you're moving yeah. pieces around and like almost kind of risk like where you're just you know you're moving units around on a battlefield and fighting but it's also kind of rpg like because okay. i got i got it if you have played suikoden or final fantasy tactics you've played advanced wars you just don't know it yet 
They're extremely similar games. You're playing on a grid-based system where you're moving units around and attacking with individual units that gain their own experience and levels. But I don't think Advance Wars does that, if I recall correctly. The only the ones that do that are Suikoden. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Advance Wars. Does. Um, but also Fire Emblem does. Yes, a absolutely. So yeah. It's it's that style of game, but it's modern combat. So it's there's mm-hmm. tanks and planes and dropping bombs on things, and yep. and usually there's multiple levels to a battle. So you have a ground battle going on and an air battle going on on two different stages. But you can like bomb people from the sky. Like it's it's very very cool. And if you have a chance to to play it in some capacity, you should because highly recommend it's just, it. It's kind of just a cool idea of like, hey, we can take the tactical. RPG and and kind of bump it to the next level and and do something mm-hmm. interesting with it. It was great. Yes. All right. And uh, next one up is the uh, kind of a twofer. It is the series of the Breath Breath of Fire games. Breath of Fire one and two appeared on Game Boy Advance, and I think I still own Breath of Fire one on Game Boy Advance somewhere. Couldn't tell you. It's great. They're they're, they're I mean, <laughs> if you played Breath of Fire, you if you play them on SNES, you play them on Game Boy Advance. They're good games. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, yep. the plots are a little simplistic the combat's a little simplistic but they're still entertaining yeah it's it's a good little rpg uh that was one of the things the game boy advance i think did really well was it was a really good rpg platform RPG. yeah and in fact uh, if you're looking to introduce someone to rpgs in general the breath of fire series is one you could really go with because they're very they're very basic rpgs without being insulting about it i'm looking at you final yeah. fantasy adventure not, not Final Fantasy no, no, Adventure. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Final Fantasy, what was that one? Myst- Mystic Quest. Mystic Quest. Thank you. Sorry, Final Fantasy <laughs> Adventure. I still love you. <laughs> yes. Even though you're a ridiculous Zelda ripoff. Facts. Don't don't play Final Fantasy Adventure. Play Sword of Mana. Much, much better. All right, next up. Uh, next up is, again, you, you were talking about Castlevania Adventure. So mm-hmm. there were three Castlevania games that made it to the Game Boy Advance. And at least two of them are kind of considered like really, really high up in the pantheon of Castlevania mm-hmm. from what I hear from most people who love the Castlevania games. And that's Circle of the Moon and Aria of Sorrow. And then then there's also Harmony of Dissonance. So like, I know Aria of Sorrow is one that a lot of people love and I've heard yep. really good things about Circle of the Moon. I have not played those personally. Like I think I played some of Aria of Sorrow, but I never owned the game. I just was like, "Hey, let me check that out." And you know, borrowed a friend's game for a bit. Circle of the Moon is a fantastic story in the Castlevania saga and I honestly I I still have the cart in my uh, little jewelry case that I use for games and it's just it's it's really good. Nice. If you can get a chance to play it, I highly recommend it. It the mm-hmm. The controls are a little, unfortunately, that limited uh, to say the least. But so, if you're going with front back from the um, DS and 3DS games, you'll have a little bit of time adjusting to uh, Circle of the Moon. But it's something to look out for, something to, to play if you can. The next one, however, is the one, the, the first game that I absolutely beat for the Game Boy Advance, and that was Dungeons and Dragons: Eye of the Beholder. And it was, yeah, yep, Eye of the Beholder is a great game, absolutely. Like- it's ancient, but it is great. It is a replica of the Gold Box series of games, I believe. Yes, because Eye of the Beholder was one of the old Gold Box games. It was one of the first first-person dungeon crawler RPGs. Yep. It's it's a very weird format. But it, you you basically make a party of I'm not sure if it's four or six adventurers. I think it's 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 four in the, in this one. Okay, you make a party of four adventurers. Dan's showing me four fingers, so we're gonna go with it. 
and uh, you literally crawl down nine levels of dungeon to take out the beholder that's living at the at the end of the dungeon. I remember having to literally it, one of the most fun things is that it does draw the map for you, but I had so much fun making my own map and just yeah. really it was just basically playing gold box all over again and it made me happy. Yep. And it was a weird Forgotten Realms game because it took place yep. in Waterdeep. Yep. True did. Yay. All right. What about the next one? You had a bunch of these written up. Had a bunch of these? Oh. Yeah. So this one of the things I was talking about how the Game Boy Advance is really good for RPGs. Well, this is where Square did a bunch of really good stuff, uh, unlike with the Game Boy. So the Game Boy uh, had this really bad thing, which I'm you know going to talk about a little more later, uh, where it this was the era where they decided that because Final Fantasy was doing so well around the world, unlike a lot of their other titles, and it had the name recognition, every game that they released was going to be named Final Fantasy something or other. So yeah. that's why you have... Instead of the where it was uh, the romancing the saga series in Japan, you had Final Fantasy. Oh, what the hell was it called? Final Fantasy Legend and Final Fantasy yep. Legend Two, and I think Final Fantasy Legend Three. But they were all part of the saga series in Japan, and then you had Final Fantasy Adventure, which was Saiken Densetsu, uh, yes. which is not Final Fantasy Adventure in Japan. No. But one of the things that they did with the Game Boy Advance was that they so they took Final Fantasy 1 and 2, like the original NES games, they slapped a 16-bit skin on them, and then they added some extra bonus content and called it Final Fantasy 1 and 2 Dawn of Souls. And holy crap, is that a great game? And that's basically whenever you're, if you buy Final Fantasy 1 on Steam, like this is what you're getting. If you buy it for your phone, you're getting this game like this is this started it and then they ported it to everything else and but this is the version you're getting basically it is a 16-bit version of an eight two eight-bit games crammed together which is kind of cool so do you um, choose between the two games or what how does that work yes, yes. you okay you choose okay. you choose your, you either play final fantasy one or final fantasy two and then uh and then you play through the game and but oh so good and then they also did final fantasy four advance which was final fantasy two for the super nintendo which is you know yep. actually final fantasy four yep uh, and then they did final fantasy six advance which is three for the super nintendo yep and then they also they also did five but i never played it when it came out but there is a final fantasy five advance for the game boy advance uh and then there's also final fantasy tactics advance. Oh man, you mean i can face x death the yes. worst named villain of all time yes sorry <laughs> I, I take issue with Final Fantasy V, which is a great game other than that fucking stupid name. Anyway, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Awesome game. Yes. Yes. Most most versions of Final Fantasy Tactics you can get your hands on are awesome games. Like, just any version, pretty much any version you can get. Just get it and play it. Final Fantasy like Tactics, Tactics. Uh, War of the Lion is the best version you can have of the original Final Fantasy Tactics. If you can find that, play the shit out of it because it's amazing. They also... Uh, did a ROM version, ROM hack version of Final Fantasy Tactics that uh, updates a lot of the stuff, makes it a bit harder. Uh, however, it streamlines a lot of things too, which makes it a much more um, enriched experience. I think I I, I watched uh, Pro Jared play it, and it looked really fun. So aside from Final Fantasy remakes, which you know was really nice to have, dime a dozen really. 
uh, one of the cool things that came out for Game Boy Advance was a port of Final Fight that was called Final Fight 1. And if you don't know what Final Fight is, it's a weird little side-scrolling beat-em-up, basically. Very, very kind of famous in the arcade. It is where the awesome Mike Hagar comes from. Yes, indeed. Ah, yes, suplex. <laughs> Supl- I will suplex the world and become mayor. Yes. What, uh, what, what was supposed to happen with the original Final Fight is it was supposed to be a sequel to Street Fighter, I believe. And they ended up branching off the series because it didn't fit with the same with the the one-on-one fighting of street fighter it is it is is it a full version or is it like final fight guy where you just have one character in it Uh, i'm pretty sure it's it's actually a complete game nice that's awesome because that was that was a great freaking game it really was it was one of the many many ports of final fight uh released in 2001 features all three characters in the industrial area stage that was missing from the snes version Oh wow, that's that seems like a much more complete version than what you got. Two-player co-op also featured via link cable. Nice. Dialogue scenes prior to each boss battle have been added. They and really the Street- just they went all out, didn't they? And the Street Fighter Alpha three renditions of Cody and Guy are featured as hidden playable characters. Nice, nice. Yep. So yeah, it's basically it's what the SNES version should have been. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> that just. Due to limitations in the in the console, they couldn't do it. I don't think. Yeah, I, th- I think it was just a laziness, but maybe, maybe. However, we do have the next game, which I I threw on here because honestly, it is. I I I love the Fire Emblem series. I really do. The caveat I have is that it has permadeath, which means if you're trying to get story out of the characters, if that character dies, you're done. However, that being said, the Game Boy Advance version of Fire Emblem is still really excellent. It is a fantastic game. If you like tactical strategy RPGs, play Fire Emblem. I highly recommend, if you don't like permadeath, to play Fire Emblem Awakening or Fire Emblem Fates. Those two recent, more recent games for the Game Boy, uh, sorry, not Game Boy, the 3DS, are both have casual mode, which allows you to not have permadeath. And the characters come back after the next, uh, after the end of the next battle. Yay. That said, great strategy RPG, really fun turn-based uh, turn-based battles which uh, each character gains individual experience as you're fighting. Just a lot of fun a lot of fun for a game. Just go play it, enjoy it. It's really fun. Yeah. So, I have a weird game on here next. I see that. And it's it's very enthusiastic about itself. Yes. And that's mostly a, a joke about the anime because it is based on an anime. That is really hilarious, uh, and it's a sh- a game called Metabots, and there were two versions of the game. Well, come on, man, you got to say uh, it right. It's Metabots. It's Metabots, like it's from the TV show. There's, a, okay. I'll I try and find the, I'll try and find the intro to the TV show because it's really funny. So they basically had two different kind of games that happened for it, and one of them was kind of meh, but the other one was kind of awesome. So there were one style of game that they did was like just kind of like a fighting game because the idea was it's basically not really pokemon with robots but that's kind of the the thing like you know, you had kids running around with robots and the robots were fighting each other because that's you know japanese tv shows they all did that kind of shit like just kids running around like digimon and shit so basically yeah it's kind of like digimon but with robots that's kind of a better thing because in pokemon right. you went around and collected a bunch of different stuff and then digimon and metabots you you had one you had your your buddy and yeah. he was he was your buddy 
but yeah, so they had they had a fighting game that was kind of meh, but then they had an RPG that was kind of awesome because you had your your robot and you were upgrading him and kicking people's asses and yeah. So I don't know. It was a very underrated game that most people never heard about, and it's it's pretty. I'm interested. Pretty cool in in my book. So I see you got another one on here. I I I, I haven't played this, but I, I after really enjoying the show, I want to. Yes. So. Do you remember, I believe it was a Super NES game for Batman the Animated Series? Yes, it's a great little beat-em-up with uh, Batman yes. and Robin. Okay, take that game, make it Samurai Jack, and that's this game, Samurai Jack Amulet of Time. Okay, Cool little cool little side-scrolling beat-em-up, but Samurai Jack. Great okay. game. It sounds fun. Fantastic. Put it in my hands. I'm sold. That's yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all it was. Like, yeah, okay, that's great. That's that's really all you have to say. It's it's Samurai Jack, which is awesome. It is a very very awesome game by the creator of Dexter's Lab, and uh, yeah. Gendy Tartakovsky. And they made a fantastic game for Why it. Why do I remember that? I don't know, because you're weird. I guess a little bit. And and funny enough, my team at uh, my workplace is called Code Samurai, and our emblem is Samurai Jack. Nice. Makes me happy. Anyway, so we got one more. So you added. I did. I did. I love this game because I loved it on. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You added a second game. I did. <laughs> I did basically, because uh, all three of these games that came out were really good. Two of them were tactical strategy RPGs. The last one was very much like Eye of the Beholder in that you're dungeon crawling in the 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 three D you know, first person map and it is Shining Force. Uh, the original Shining Force was the only one that I know of that was ported to Game Boy Advance and it is fucking amazing. It's a great port. It is a really, it's it's a line for line port of the original Shining Force and I'm not at all sorry that that happened. Yeah, Shining Force, weird game. So fun fact, on the PS2, they made it into a brawler, not like a... When I say brawler, it's it's kind of like a beat 'em up, but it just it is a full you know one versus an entire army slash world of brawler. It just it is nonstop action, and I hated every minute of it because it wasn't Shining Force for Sega. It wasn't the same game. It nice. didn't feel right. It just felt wrong to be playing that. It would have been a fun game if they'd called it anything else, but they had to call it Shining Force and use that license. It was like the Final Fantasy yeah. syndrome all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We got some data for you. We got some yeah. best-selling games. So these were weird. Like, it, it, this is where, like, I pulled out what I could for the Game Boy. So this is kind of interesting to find out. Like, so the Game Boy had 1,049 games. That is a lot of games on a handheld system. Yeah. Like, holy crap, that's a lot of games. Yeah, that's a ton. Um, Nintendo, that's the original like, Nintendo didn't even make that many. That's almost PS2 level of games. Yeah. But okay, so Tetris is the top seller. No surprise at all, because it had 35 million copies sold because it was bundled with the system. That's the one that you feel is kind of kind of cheating because basically everyone owned Tetris by default because it came with your Game Boy. So I, I wanna just for a second, I wanna I wanna put this in perspective as to how many games the Game Boy had. The original Nintendo had 713 licensed titles. That's it. Yeah. In comparison to 1049. That's a lot of uh, of games difference. That's yeah. it's a pretty anyway. good healthy jump. Yeah, it is. So then the next best-selling game for 
the original Game Boy is again, I think, kind of cheating because they combine the two to get yeah this number. So, I'm okay with it because they were essentially yeah. brother sister games anyway. Yeah. So Pokemon Red and Blue combined together sold 23.6 million copies, which is nuts. Like that is a huge, huge amount of number of units to you know push yeah. into people's hands. It really was. And to give you perspective, is that people bought the Game Boy 4 Super Mario Land. Yep. Only sold 18 million copies. Yeah. That is only. Yes. Yeah. Man, that is a, it was a fun game. And just to have it be outsold by Pokemon Red Blue, granted, yes, it is combined, but still, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but it's a trend you'll see for all Pokemon game. Basically, is that True. they will they will combine them all. Yeah, if they if it was if it's a dual release like what's going on right now, Sun and Moon, they don't yep. track sales of Sun and sales of Moon. They track combined sales, which is kind of it's kind of there, kind of cheating. Yeah. So then you had Super Mario Land two with eleven million, which is pretty good considering you know the first yeah. one sold 18 million the sequel sold 11 million that's that's pretty good follow-through i like it's what you sequel. it's or what like, you I expect like it does. you expect the sequel yeah. to do not quite as good as the original one um, but um to still sell 11 million is is quite yeah. good and so to show you how crazy pokemon is the next best-selling game for the game boy was pokemon yellow which pokemon yellow is identical to Pokemon Red and Blue, just you have Pikachu. I mean, it's Pikachu. Yeah. Let's be and honest it sold here. 8.8 million copies. Yeah. 8.8 .8 million copies of Pikachu, basically. Yeah. But yeah, that that was it. It sold almost as many as, you know, Super Mario Land 2, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. That is insane. All right. So Game Boy is, Color. Yeah, this is what I could find from Game Boy Color because you have to pull the sales numbers out of out of the Game Boy stuff. So yeah. basically the best-selling Game Boy Color game is the third best-selling Game Boy game total. Pokemon Gold and Silver at 23 million combined copies. Yeah, it was very close to Pokemon Red Blue. So that's that's kind of nuts. Two of the three best-selling games for the original Game Boy were Pokemon titles. Yeah. And and the other one is Tetris that came with the system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is how crazy Pokemon was back in the day. Was the fact that like it outsold, it outsold everything, including Mario. And look at the staying power. Like, when was the original Pokemon game released? I don't even know. A red and blue was 1996, February 27th, 1996. It is 2016. These games yeah. are over 20 years old, and they're still in being the, booming. In the U.S., they came out in '98. That's insane. 20 years. 20 years red and green in, yeah, red and green in japan red and blue in the u.s which is also like and so part of this that i think really helped them was let's see if was it gold and silver yes sir if that was 98 in the u.s 99 in japan is when this came out so it came out in 2000 in the u.s so two years later you had gold and silver come out for like that's about the, the right cycle yeah so yeah two years later they crazy hit it up again and just you know home run with the the weird bug catching game yeah and then so the next. next one is yeah the next one is weird so this is the next of the list of the game boy games this was the next one that had that was a specific release for game boy the color, game boy color. Yeah. and that was link's awakening 
And Link's Awakening is weird because there were two different versions of the game. There was yep. Link's Awakening and then Link's Awakening DX, which was specifically for the Game Boy Color. Color. Yeah. And Link's Awakening sold 6 million copies. And 2.2 million of those were the DX version of it. So there's a huge difference, like a massive, massive drop off. Yeah. <laughs> and But in fairness, it, it is the... It is a re-release of the same game with slightly different features. Yeah. So I can understand why they would have a, a dramatic drop-off. One, because Game Boy Colors, I don't think, had the same numbers sold as the original Game Boy. Right. And two, you could have probably already had Link's Awakening on your original Game Boy and still play on your Game Boy Color. Why would you need to rebuy it? All right. Game Boy Advance. Now, I bet you're wondering how many games were on the Game Boy Advance. I know I am. It actually, Are you? It, I am. It actually tops the original Game Boy barely with 1,074, which is yeah. still insane. Wow. Yeah, that is everything about this starts getting crazy. It, it's just um, that's nuts. Yeah, but what's crazier here is that the top three. There is no Tetris here. The top three are all Pokemon. It's they Pokemon. really are. It's all about the Pokemon. So you have. <laughs> Why? Ruby, yeah, Ruby and Sapphire, which are original to the Game Boy Advance, sold 16.2 million copies. Right. And then to make it funnier, Fire Red and Leaf Green remakes of Red and Blue sold yep. 11.8 million copies. Well, man, you got to play it on a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. I mean, why would you not? Yep. And then Pokemon Emerald sold 6.3 million. Jesus. Which That's insane. If I remember correct, I think Emerald is a combination of ruby and sapphire i think it is i couldn't and, tell you yeah it is basically a version that contains everything from both ruby and sapphire so it's you know again after ruby and sapphire selling 16.2 million another 6 million people bought both of them combined together and then finally you hit mario kart super circuit which is a great game great mario kart game 5.9 million like couldn't even break 6 million and <sighs> Pokemon kicked its ass, like on its own console, basically. That's not a surprise. Yeah. It really isn't. Uh, I personally think the next two are a surprise for me. So, okay. considering I haven't heard of either of them. Well, S Super Mario Advance was really good. Like, Super Mario Advance is basically kind of like Super Mario World, but for your Game Boy Advance. Okay. It sold 3.9 million copies. Like, that's terrible for a mario game yeah but what's funnier is that super mario advance 2 sold 4.1 million copies so it did better than the original one did for the platform yeah i i honestly i didn't play either one of them and in fairness i did not have nearly the same library that i did of the original game boy yeah so eh, i just didn't play <laughs> I, i'm not a mario guy i'm sorry yeah, me either i'm not either i'm right there with you all right so Let's get to kind of a fun part of the show, in my opinion. Like, what game you wanted to be really, really good? Like, you bought it and were excited or just rented it or borrowed it and were excited about it, and it just didn't didn't work, didn't do it, failed miserably. Yeah. It was a giant flaming wreck. That's fair. I'm going to be not. honest with you. I, I hate to tell you this, but I got nothing for either console. I mean, the games that I bought, because I had such a small library yeah. of games, the games that I bought, I really enjoyed. So I, I, I hate to cop out like this, but I got nothing. 
Oh, sweet. So I just get to bitch a whole bunch now. Fucking awesome. knock yourself out, buddy. I'll bitch with Let's you. Do it. All right. I'm good at bitching. <laughs> Listeners know this. I'm great at bitching. All right. So I got I got two that I can't really decide between for Game Boy. Okay. And the first one is Final Fantasy Legend because I bought this game wanting a cool Final Fantasy game because, you know, fuck yeah, Final Fantasy. Because sure. Final Fantasy. I think I'd played four at this point and was like, hell yeah, I'll take a Game Boy game. Yeah. And so you pick up Final Fantasy Legend and like there's some cool stuff with it. Like you can make your own party members and you can get monsters in your party. Like that's that's some cool stuff. That's basically Dragon Warrior. Yeah. And but then like it's not Final Fantasy. Like nothing about it. It's like, wait, what? This this isn't what I signed on for. And yeah. I don't think I ever beat that game at all. And I, I probably should at some point in time because probably I would like I would like to play through the saga series because you know some of the later games are actually really, really, really good. But that one just kind of was like, meh. That's fair. Meh. I, I, I never played either Legend One or Two, but I've yeah. heard pretty much meh. Yeah, meh. <laughs> they were okay. They weren't great. They didn't do anything special. And then I don't really remember much about this game other than the fact that it was terrible and I never want to play it again. <laughs> um, that's that, that's bad. That's when you know. It's no, bad. it's it's accurate, one hundred percent accurate. Because I remember seeing this game and I remember thinking, "Wow, this looks bad." Yeah. So it was The Simpsons, Bart and the Beanstalk. So it was like this weird Jack and the Beanstalk story with Bart Simpson, and it it was just bad. Just yeah. Just go look at a screenshot of it. Just I'll, I'll I'll link a screenshot to this game. It is just link the promotional material bad. for it because there was some, and it was bad. It's promotional. It's just bad. Yeah, it it's like it's a bad platformer. Yeah, and it and it had for some reason Bart Simpson and Homer was the giant. That doesn't surprise me. And it was made by Acclaim. Yeah, or at least right. Acclaim is taking credit for it. It was probably published by Clean. Okay, Game Boy Advance. Uh, Come on, hit me. Yeah, so, so Game Boy Advance, it's got to be Tekken Advance. I didn't and, know this was a thing. I'm excited because I did not know this was a thing. So it's not 3D like other Tekken games. Not and, a surprise. Yeah, because it's on the Game Boy Advance. That would be yeah. a little weird. But it also just kind of shows that like the limitations of trying to take a game and like condense it down and then cram it onto a controller that has less buttons than you need to play the game it just doesn't work i just thought of one for the original game boy what mortal kombat they had yeah, mortal kombat was... on the game boy and it was fucking terrible was there a blood code i don't fucking know i played it for maybe 20 minutes before i was like i'm just gonna take this back <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So one of the really, really key things with Tekken is like sidestepping attacks and stuff like that. And like, and the fact that you have a left, basically left punch, right punch, left kick, right kick. And like on a Game Boy Advance, you have the two face buttons and the two shoulder buttons. And that's all you had. And it, yeah, it, it just, it just becomes this nightmare kludge of like an attempted port. And it's just, it fails on every level. Yeah, it really does. Bad. The only way I could think of that they could possibly implement the sidestepping would be to double tap down or double tap up. The trouble with that is that you would have delayed jumps or you'd have to hold it in order to jump. 
instead of tapping it. So that it could have worked, but it could, but it would have probably been yeah. very poor. Yeah. All right. But the funny part is, is like they tried to fake the 3Dness of the game. Did they? How? Oh yeah. Just go look at it, man. I don't want. I just, I just don't. Oh, it's so bad. It's awesome. Okay. Now, this is going to be a very interesting thing that we haven't done before because really there wasn't a need to do it with previous consoles. And this is your favorite incarnation of these systems. And I kind of doubled up for mine. Yes, you did. I did. And I think, I think it's fair because it played both of them. Come on, don't shake your head. You know it's fair. So the GameCube... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're Mr. Cop-Out tonight. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's... I, th- I think it's fair because it works for both systems. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. The GameCube had an attachment that played both Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. And right on your TV, you could play your Game Boy games. You could throw... You could just slap a cartridge in there, and it was... It worked flawlessly. It did really well for what it want, what you wanted it to do, and it basically just made a Game Boy slash Game Boy Advance inside of this little brick that attached to the bottom of your GameCube. That was it. Flawless game, flawless thing. Loved it. For me, it's the Super Game Boy because I, mean, I went with one course. that was specifically for the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which would allow you again to play Game Boy and Game Boy Color games on your big screen television through your Super Nintendo. And I actually owned one of these. I did not own the attachment for GameCube. I don't. That was just weird. I was like, I nope. Still, no. I still have my GameCube, and I still have that attachment. Because because nice. what you had to do is you had to take a disc, like one of the one of the little tiny game or the little tiny GameCube discs, mm-hmm. and it had a Game Boy Advance uh, player. Pop that in there, and it just worked. Don't know what the hell it was on that thing, but it was great. It's All right, emulator. what about your GBA thing? <laughs> it was an it emulator. Might have been. It might have been. So. If I'm going to cheat and, and you know, like Paul's kind of doing, but probably the best Game Boy Advance player is the uh, Nintendo DS. But that's fair. My my favorite version of the Game Boy Advance, if I'm, you know, going to be literal, is the probably the SP. The SP yep. was I still really a cool fun. concept, had a rechargeable lithium battery in it that worked really, really well, especially the later version that had backlighting for it. Yep. The shitty part about it is that it didn't have a headphone jack it had like this weird like little custom pluggy thing so you needed an adapter to like plug yeah. in headphones which was stupid but you know whatever <laughs> but the, yeah the sp is probably one of the coolest form factors definitely i was always curious about the micro but you couldn't like it one it had a smaller screen than the sp yep. and two you couldn't, it wasn't backwards compatible. So there was like, that seemed silly to me. Yeah. Uh, it, w- it would only play advanced games. But considering that I don't really like any Game Boy or Game Boy Color games, like, I, it that, wasn't a deal breaker for you. you know, why Why wouldn't I buy one? Because I don't know how much don't know. I've been de- I've been debating on buying one. And then I keep going, like, wait, why would I do that when my DS can play yeah. things perfectly fine? Uh, my trouble is get, that I have I, horrible eyesight. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I could probably get a DSXL for like, you know, super cheap right now because no one wants, no one's buying those. They all want the, the 3DS. Yeah, true. I don't know. And then you could, you know, it, it actually, yeah, it actually has, you know, the giant port for the Game Boy Advance games on them. Yeah. My trouble with the Game Boy Advance SP, I have huge fucking hands. I have gorilla hands. That's that's, that's my issue. Is that with that, it, I, I was still able to scrunch my hands down around it, but it just, yeah. it, was not a comfortable fit. Yeah, I just I 
for some reason it, it never bothered me that much like it wasn't that tiny like it it, felt, it was a good size i mean the the actual game boy advance was a pretty the regular size. game boy advance was like, fine the game boy advance sp is what i was referring to because that oh, no. was just like i'm gonna nothing can stop the claw here <laughs> nice yeah i just i don't know I, I really liked the SP just because it was, you know, you could just literally shove it in a pocket. I loved that about it. That's why I have one. That's why I still have mine. That's why I traded my original Game Boy Advance in for it. But I still have these fucking gorilla hands that are that makes it difficult to use. Either way, I, I still love the the SP. I, I enjoy the Game Boy Advance. I wish I had more games for it so I could play them on my, my amazing GameCube slash Game Boy Advance attachment. You can still buy DSi XL brand new for how much? $175, $150 for the for the DSi, which that seems expensive. You can also get them used for like 50 bucks. That's much more palatable. That's not the 3DS, that is the DS. No, that is the DS, DSi. Uh, DSi. Yeah. All right. Got anything else? Any news you can think of? So, we have some gimmicks for these systems. Oh, really? Oh, I did not notice the next page. What's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, oh. We always do gimmicks last. Yeah, I, I, you gimmicks. know, I, I didn't see the next page. I'm sorry. I'm and quite the, happy that we have more. And the system gimmicks for these are awesome, especially the... They uh, are. The Game Boy, the original Game Boy, Game Boy is amazing system gimmicks. There are such stupid shit. Like <laughs> Fucking monstrosity of garbage. <laughs> so, one of the big problems with the Game Boy is... There's no backlight. So how do you solve this? Generally by attaching a giant magnifying glass to the front of it that has a light behind it. So it oh. you know have you have like your own like little reading light. Yeah. Except for your Game Boy. I, I had one of the little oh. reading light ones that you would just like clip to the top and like had the like like a literal reading light where it like curled over and had the little light bulb. Right. And like, oh so bad. It was so terrible. Yeah. They really were. Jeez. But you could but you could stay up late and play your Game Boy without your parents getting mad at you. It's true. It's something like that. Yeah. What I I really loved is the commercials that came with this next one. And it was the Game Boy camera and printer. Do you remember the commercials that came with this? I do not remember the commercials. <laughs> oh my one god. Of my, but one of my friends owned one of these and it was like a really terrible thing ever. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. One bit. Because they're pretty bad. They are. Oh, man. What about the next one? What do we got? Oh, well, well come on, hold on, hold on. We, we got to talk about the camera and printer for a second. All like, right, all right. So if you are not familiar with what this thing is, it is literally a digital camera for your Game Boy. So like that, the monochrome, super giant gray brick Game Boy had a digital camera that printed out, that took pictures and displayed them on that little shitty, like, 30 pixel screen and they were just as terrible as you think they would be yeah they're and they're pretty bad let's be honest here this camera and printer was that it had this printer that could print out these photos that you took with this digital camera and it printed them out on like this shitty receipt paper <laughs> like it was so so terrible and you would like like it would spit out this receipt paper and you'd like tear it off and like i mean it, it showed you like in the commercials like you would give these to your friends and it'd be like their most cherished possession ever <laughs> if so you squint bad. a little bit you could see him <laughs> oh yeah they're, they're so bad they were really i really awful. I, I respect them for trying it but at the same time 
the technology was not there. It just wasn't. Oh, and apparently, and you could draw on the stuff too, which I don't know how you would manage to do that. But the it funny was, thing is, is like the printer is basically the size of the Game Boy. <laughs> yep. It really was. It was just this giant, giant, giant thing. So kind of reminds me of how the uh, the Wii U tablet controller is the size of the fucking Wii U itself. Yeah. Oh man. Next one I don't actually remember is the transfer pack. I don't. I didn't know about this one. Apparently, it lets you uh, transfer information from your Game Boy to your Nintendo sixty four games. Yeah. Strange. So it, it was not very well supported. But yeah. not a surprise. So there were a handful of Nintendo sixty four games that would support transferring information back and forth to your Game Boy. And basically the only thing anyone ever used it for was Pokemon Stadium. Like that was the only thing in the US that caught on because Pokemon Stadium was this weird fighting game for Pokemon. And like you could take your Pokemon from your Pokemon games on your Game Boy at the level they are in that game and they would be more powerful in Pokemon Stadium. So that was the only only thing people ever used them for was to transfer Pokemon back and forth. That's the only thing I ever knew anyone That's fair. had one for. That's fair. And then there was the link cable, which for, you know, the four multiplayer games that, you know, you owned or your friends owned, that was the only way you could play them. Yeah. I mean, really? They actually had one of these? A rechargeable battery pack for the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. I actually had one for a while. Um, it was a nickel battery, so it, you know, burned out. After, yeah, it was, you know, it was fast. A year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it, the batteries would last four or five hours, which is, you know, basically a little it's less a good playing than, session. Yeah. It's a little less than your, your regular, like 30 double A batteries would last. So, okay. Yeah, but the, did you look up the handy boy? No, I had one. That's why I'm laughing oh. so hard because it was so <laughs> bad. Okay. So this fucking monstrosity had big ass speaker wings, a magnifying glass along with the light that shined on the fucking Game Boy glared off the screen so you couldn't fucking see a thing even though it wasn't supposed to. And it also had this ridiculous thumbstick and these two kind of, I don't know, just the fuck awfulest buttons for your A and B button. The only thing it didn't do is press or press start or select, but you just it was like this glove of shit and menace that you threw on top of your Game Boy. And everything about it was just bad. Somehow, people still bought it and enjoyed it. I don't know why it turned it into this just Frankenstein's monster monstrosity. I'll definitely try and include a link of this one or like a picture of this one because it is just ridiculously huge. Like it, it easily doubles the size of your Game Boy. Oh yeah, maybe maybe over a two thirds of the size. Yeah, it's it's. It was really crazy. ridiculousness. And then probably the the only good system gimmick for the Game Boy. Well, Link Cable's or, up there, but this is better. Yeah. The uh, the Super Game Boy, which we have talked about multiple times, like especially on the Super NES episode, which would let you play your uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color games on your Super Nintendo, on your television. And in my opinion, it's worth every penny. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. It was a great... Great accessory for both the uh, Game Boy and the Super NES. Couldn't agree more. It was fantastic. It just, it, it, you could slap a Game Boy game in there and just play to your heart's content. It was great mm-hmm. without yep. draining a bunch of fucking batteries and your mom yelling at you because you drained the batteries again. Yep. All right. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the, 
the handful of stuff that came out for the game game boy advance they they chilled out a bit on the uh weird gimmicky stuff for yeah. the game boy advance but i think this first one is where nintendo started getting super obsessed with the weird dual screen thing yeah and it's the game boy advance cable i loved this a, thing a thing that you plugged into the top of your game boy advance that would plug into your gamecube controller mm-hmm. port and it let you use your Game Boy Advance as a controller on your GameCube, which yep. it has a lot less buttons than your GameCube controller. So. Granted, but with the games that they did use it for, they used it very well. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which I want to get to when we do our GameCube episode. Yes. It was amazing with yeah. this. And it lets you, in, in Crystal Chronicles, I think it lets you do your inventory on the on the Game Boy Advance screen and a map did. too, right? Or was yep. that just Zelda? Nope. nope, that was that was as well with Crystal Chronicles. Yeah, so in basically what it would do is it would use the display on your Game Boy Advance as a secondary screen. So uh, I never played Crystal Chronicles, but we played Zelda The Four Swords and... I jokingly call Zelda the Four Swords the most expensive Zelda game because to play That's the, not jokingly. To to get everything out of Four Swords, you have to own a GameCube, own the game, have four Game Boy Advances and, and four link four, cables. Yeah, four cables to hook Fucking it up. Insane. Yeah, it's like it's like a two or three hundred dollar Zelda game basically at the end yeah, of the day. I think I have a copy of it. Yeah, but it was it was really fun. But yeah, you had a, you would have like your inventory con- management and your map on your yes, right there, like on your little Game Boy Advance screen. Huh. I'll be dipped. Yeah, I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, All right. So then you talked about this is the uh, the Game Boy Player, which yep. is the big brother of the Super Game Boy. How dare you say kind of meh? How dare you, sir? It's meh. It's not. It's amazing. It's the same fucking thing, but no, better. No, because it played Game Boy Advance games as well as Game Boy games and Game Boy Color games. Meh. You're just a dick tonight. Meh. I say meh. No, it's just I don't know. Like at the time that the GameCube was out, like this seemed silly. Like it was, if I remember right, it wasn't it really expensive too. Like wasn't it basically the? Wasn't it basically the price of a Game Boy Advance? I don't honestly remember. I'm kind of curious now, though. It debuted. Let's see here. I'm trying to find the original cost, and I honestly can't. Nintendo World Report. Oh, really? That okay? It was about fifty dollars in most stores. You can also get one free, uh, one for free with the purchase of a GameCube. This was a. I'm sorry. This is a Nintendo World Report, which was originally printed in 2003, which is when the Game Boy, the Game Boy Player came out. It actually wasn't stupidly expensive. It was fifty bucks. Yeah. Which is really kind of cheap oh the boot disc well one way or another the gamecube needs to know if you're interested in playing a game boy game instead of game uh, gamecube game so disc serves that function in addition to that the boot disc is responsible for giving instructions to the gamecube regarding how to process the audio and video that's cool sorry got kind of caught up there yes i loved it i think it's probably better than the super game boy yeah well and now like currently if you could actually get a copy of it like it's probably better to have than a super game boy just because it (laughs) Like you're more likely to have a functioning working GameCube than a yeah. functioning working Super NES. I mean, some people have a Super NES, but you know, it's it's easier to acquire a working GameCube right now than a working Super NES, unless you're you know purchasing a weird remade bootleg 
Super NES. The Game Boy Player, they've got used copies on Amazon for 17 bucks, And you new can, copies for 241 Yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> but that's what I would... If, if you're looking to get into Game Boy games, like, it's it's probably... I mean, you could probably pick up a Game Boy Advance pretty pretty damn cheap these days, but... Absolutely. This this would be a way to play it on your TV. Woo. If you're really interested in that, and yeah. quite frankly, I am. Collecting old games. Woo. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this next one is, in my opinion, like, where they got kind of stupid. I don't and think I've ever even heard of this one. So this is the e-reader, which had some little cards you could scan that had, like, little games on them and shit. What's funny is that this didn't catch on at all in the U.S. Like, it, no one wanted it. No one bought it. No one used it. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. But when I bought my 2DS, that oh, mother, that motherfucker came with a pack of cards to scan in with my camera on my 2DS. To oh, like, that thing? Yeah, do you... That's I the... The AR that card, is the, yeah. Yeah, that is... The AR cards are, a, you know, a, a descendant of the stupid e-reader. They work almost exactly the same way. Like you can randomly buy packs of cards that you can't find fucking anywhere. I have not seen packs of this stupid AR cards anywhere since like maybe the week the you know DS launched. <laughs> like <laughs> they basically haven't existed. And like, but they come with every fucking system. So you get like four of them, and then you like I think mine are all laying on the floor somewhere because of my stupid cat. But I have no idea where mine are. No fucking yeah. clue. Yeah, they're all over the place in my room, I think. So that's fair. So much like the link cable, which still worked for the Game Boy Advance, you had a wireless adapter so you could play multiplayer games wirelessly. wirelessly. Whoa, mind blown. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about us. We're we're kind of weird. Yeah. Uh and then this was actually kind of funny that they made you know, game genies and game sharks and pro action replays and all of those things came out for the Game Boy Advance. They came out for the Game Boy as well. Did you know yeah. That? No, no I, not I nearly as prevalent, that. but the just. I guess. I mean, sure. I guess I'll just go with it. I wonder if you could make one a tower like you could for the yeah, second. <laughs> so you have your Game Boy Advance can... and then like three feet of shit sticking out of the end of it. Did you, have you seen the ones that you could do for uh, the the Super Nintendo? No. They had a lot of games like the um, the the Bible games and um, yeah. Super Nose Arc 3D that you could just stack on stack on stack on stack. Nice. I saw someone who made a six foot tower of games. Nice. I've only <laughs> seen the ones for uh, the Sega Genesis because it was notoriously hilarious for its oh, yeah. Crazy. yeah cartridge towers well not just that but they also had the fucking uh the the 3dx yeah yeah yes they did all right i don't think we've got anything else and i'm just about talked out yeah i think i think we've talked both of these console well all three technically of these consoles to death yeah. um hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and we haven't just been deliriously rambling for the past hour and a half i think we've been deliriously rambling but I hope you guys have enjoyed that too yeah all right let's wrap it up yes if you need to get a hold of us if you want to talk to us you know just ping us say hi you can find us over at uh, twitter uh dan runs the loaded card account it's at loaded cart i am at paul cluel if you wanted to tweet, tweet at me specifically if you want to email us it is paul at loadedcardgaming.com chop at loadedcardgaming.com or podcast at loadedcardgaming.com if you want to email us both 
If you want to check us out on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash loaded cart gaming. You can also check us out on our dwindling Reddit thread. It is slash r slash loaded cart gaming. And if you just want to check out the website, it is loaded cart gaming.com. Check us out. And you can, if you're really interested and want to help us out a little bit, you can trundle on over to iTunes and give us a review. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Um, we're not saying that you should give us five stars, but please give us five stars. I'm kidding. I'm uh, saying you should give us five stars. Anyway, if you want to go ahead and just uh, give us a, a review, I don't care what star review it is. Just give us a review. Um, the more, the merrier, because as we continue to climb that chart, the more reviews we get, the further up the chart we go on iTunes. And uh, that's about it. We'll be asking more questions, and the next episode, I believe, is uh, Game Corner? I believe it is. Yeah, that'll be, if you still haven't tried it yet, uh, The Banner Saga. It is over on Steam. It is a great little game. Uh, We'll be reviewing that in depth on our next episode. Yep. And always remember, if you you really love us, go check out our Patreon and and consider throwing a donation our way if you you like the show and want to contribute. Yeah, we uh, super appreciate our Patreon followers. Yep. Yay! And it's Patreon.com/slash Loaded Cart Gaming. Thank you, Tadpog, and thank you, Mike H. We appreciate you. There are so far only two donators yet. Yes. All right. Anything else? Nope. I think we're good. Great. Thanks, everybody. Here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Well, for the price of a cup of coffee, everybody, eat my dick. You donated three dollars right now. Our funding could be done in two seconds. Meh, 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 meh. That sure is a thing that happened just now.